Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. You have your word with you today if you would turn with me to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, and we're continuing our series today, Thankful. And in today's message, we're going to talk to you about being thankful for those that God has placed in our lives, being thankful for those around you. So while you're turning to Acts chapter 16 this morning, I want you just to look over to your left and your right and just just go ahead and express to that person that's seated there, hey, I am thankful for you. Some of you folks that are seated off by yourselves over here, I am thankful for you, all right? There we go. We're covered here. History would suggest for us that there was once a minor village in the foremost parts of Macedonia, and I'm going to spare you a geography lesson here this morning. But it came to be known as the city of Philippi. Philippi was a great military highway that connected the Adriatic and Aegean seas together. And it would eventually become the chief city of that region. And it was also a city to which the Apostle Paul was called to carry the gospel and a place through which we can track him on his missionary journeys uh, all through that region. And as you've got your spot there in Acts chapter 16 this morning, I want to invite you to look with me beginning at verse 9, and we're going to track here with the Apostle Paul for a few minutes, and we're going to begin to unfold this message thankful for those around us. Verse 9 begins this way, and we read down through verse 12, and it says, During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. From Troas, we put out to sea and we sailed straight for Samothrace. And the next day, we went to Neapolis. And from there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of that district of Macedonia. And we stayed there for several days. As we read concerning Paul's visit, we immediately read of the fruits of that missionary venture. Here come Paul and Silas blazing into town and revival begins to break out down by the riverside. There are people who are coming to know the Lord. There are people who are being baptized. God is just moving in a dynamic way. There appears to have been a small Jewish community there. And it was there that the church started with a few believing Jewish women who met outside of the city because there was no synagogue in the city. So let's keep reading here as Luke continues this account. Verse 13 says, And on the Sabbath we went outside the city gate to the river, and there we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there, and one of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God, and the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. And when she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. 
and said, if you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house, and she persuaded us. And we continue to read, and as we do, we see that Paul and Silas begin to see all kinds of great things happening, taking place there in that city. Evil spirits were being cast out. God was just doing miraculous things, and as it is, any time that God is on the move, uh, trouble rears its ugly head. And for this deed of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, praying and seeing people delivered from demonic spirits and being healed, and, and all of the good work that went along with it, for this deed, Paul and Silas were cast into prison, and they were beaten, and they were locked and chained and shackled there in the dungeon. It was then and there in the prison cell at about midnight, that they had a Holy Ghost prayer meeting, and we continue to read, and it says about midnight, verse 25, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and at once all of the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. Somebody say, praise the Lord. It was such a powerful time there in the spirit and such a powerful time in the presence of the Lord that even the bonds of the prisoners were loosed and all of the prison doors were open. At that point, the, the guard there was sure that all of his prisoners had escaped. He drew his own sword. He was about to take his own life when Paul called out to him, said, hey, do yourself no harm. We're all here. We're all accounted for. There's no need for that. And then they capitalized on that opportunity to witness to this man. And then the jailer, along with his whole house, most exciting passages concerning the activity of the early church as they carried the gospel of Christ to a lost world. And, and certainly it must have been a period in Paul's own life that he reflected on with some sense of consistency and regularity. And there are a couple of things here, though, that I want to point out to you. I've read all of that about the ministry there at Philippi, just to kind of give you a snapshot of some of the things and remind you of some of the happenings there in that city and kind of give you a backdrop and a context for where we're about to go next. It was here in this place that uh, we see all these great and amazing things happening. And when we read this account... And the letter that bears this church's name, we begin to understand that Paul and the people at Philippi must have had a special relationship together. The church at Philippi was one that no doubt had brought Paul so much joy, and we might assume, and I know that's a great hazard, but we might assume so little pain along with it. Now, I want to pause here and ask the question, is it that the church at Philippi brought him so little pain, or was it the perspective through which he chose to view those people? I want to tell you today that the way that you view those around you 
will have a great deal of effect on the way and the value that you place upon them. And here in this, we see that Paul, we're going to see here in a minute, has chosen to view the people that God had placed in his life in this city with an attitude and a perspective of thanksgiving. The church at Philippi, as we said, no doubt had had brought Paul so much joy. There were great triumphs. But at this church, he had also experienced fierce, fierce trials. It was there where Paul had seen great victories, but it was also there, there where Paul and his companions were beaten and jailed for no other reason than sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm sure that intermingled in in those great times of rejoicing, there were deep disappointments for Paul during his time at Philippi. But nonetheless, after his departure, he writes a letter to this church. And you find it in your Bible in the New Testament, and it is the book of Philippians. It is written to this group of people. And in his introductory remarks to this church, he writes these words. I thank my God every time I remember you. I thank my God every time I remember you. Now the long and the short of it is this, that Philippi, as a life experience for Paul, was pretty much the way life is. There were good times. And there were bad times. How many of you have a different experience in life? You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both and there you have the facts of life. That's pretty much the way life is, right? It's just, it's good times, bad times, some in-between times. But pretty much it's not all rainbows and sunshines all the time, is it? There's some good and there's some bad and some days life will be great and some days life will seem a little less than desirable. But it's always good to take a break regardless of what life is giving us and look to the left of us and look to the right of us and see those that God has placed in our lives and and remember them for just a moment and give thanks. I'm thankful for the people that God has put in my life. I could echo the sentiment of Paul here as I think about this great congregation. You're a wonderful group. God bless you. I thank my God every time that I remember you. Why don't you just, you're, just go ahead. You deserve it. You're a wonderful church. You're a wonderful church family. I witness you praying for one another, serving one another, caring for one another in in dynamic and powerful ways. And, you know, it is a wonderful thing to be a part of this body. And I do appreciate all of you. But there's some valuable lessons here for us in Paul's statement of thanksgiving and to help us learn lessons of appreciation and thanksgiving for those that the Lord has placed in our lives, I want to point to you three very simple points. And if you're following along, there are some notes on the back of your bulletin this morning. And and I put some blanks in there. I like to put blanks in there because I know that there are a lot of you that are OCD. 
and you won't be satisfied until all your blanks are filled. So I'll leave them there so you'll listen to me until this is over, okay? I know the allure of roast beef and fried chicken is strong, but you can hang on until those blanks are filled in, amen? (laughs) Praise the Lord. I was at a conference yesterday, and I was speaking to a group of people there, and I I was sharing a presentation, and it was at that same time that the lunch started being delivered. And I said, hey, this is just like Sunday morning all over again. You know, you're just staring at me like a hunk of chicken meat or something, (laughs) wishing I would shut up so you can go over here and eat. But (laughs) Number one, there's a value in remembering. God has given us a wonderful ability to remember. Let's face it, sometimes we're just prone to forget just how much God has blessed us, aren't we? But God has gifted us with this wonderful ability to be able to remember. In fact, he gives us so many instructions in the Bible through some very familiar passages that we should remember certain things. Ecclesiastes 12.1, remember your creator in the days of your youth before the days of trouble came and the, years of, uh, and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. Luke chapter 17, verse 32, Jesus says, hey, remember Lot's wife. 1 Corinthians 11.25, Paul writing to the church says, in the same way after supper he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. In the book of Revelation, chapter 2, we find John writing and he says, Remember therefore from which you have fallen, remember therefore from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Now, behind every one of these commandments that we remember certain things, there's a purpose for our remembrance. To remember Lot's wife warns of the dangers of disobeying God and walking too closely with the world. To remember the sacrifice of Christ reminds us that our battles have already been fought and won. Now through him we have been made more than conquerors. To remember from where we have fallen warns us against complacency and lukewarmness in our lives as we pursue the things of God. There's a power and there's a value in remembering. And as Paul remembers these folks at Philippi, it stimulates thoughts of thanksgiving for those that the Lord has allowed in his life. Can I tell you, sometimes it's easy to take folks for granted. You need to remember. You need to remember the people that God has placed in your life. And I mean, in a, in a thoughtful and meaningful way, not just by virtue of the fact that they're there, but the blessing and the benefit and the added value that they are to you. Now, I've not been married as long as some of you in this room, but come February of this year, me and this lovely lady on the second pew will have been married 23 years. And... And I can tell you, I love her more today than I did back in the beginning. But it's easy to live with someone day in and day out and day in and day out and day in and day out, year over year after year, 
decade after decade, and finally it just becomes commonplace. We need to remember those people in our lives and not take them for granted and consider the value that they add to our lives and be thankful for them. There is a value in remembering. Number two, there is a greater value in remembering positive things about those around us. Can I tell you, even some of the people that we love the most dearly will occasionally drive us nuts. Somebody say amen. And stop elbowing your spouse. See, with with all the beatings, with all the injustice perpetrated against Paul there in that little city, how can he be thankful for this group? Paul could be thankful because what Paul chose to remember about the group at Philippi, about the believers there, was that little group gathered down by the river sharing intimate fellowship together in Christ. He remembers Lydia's conversion. He remembers the night when the jailer so readily gave his heart to the Lord. He remembers and reflects on the good times, the blessings that have been brought into his life through that little group of people. It's not enough simply to remember people, but we've got to remember the positive things about others. I tell my team sometimes, people are not the problem. People are never the problem. There are certain challenges that are associated with dealing with people, but people are never the problem. People are the mission. People are the reason we do what we do. Amen? What do you remember when you think about the people that God has placed in your life? Do you rehearse the past hurts and disappointments? Do you nurse the wounds of yesterday? Do you focus on the flaws of other people? Do you magnify in your own thoughts the deficiencies of others? Do you, or do you rejoice in the value that they've added to your life? I'm sure all of us could find something wrong with any of us if we tried hard enough. We can all find a fault. We can all find the flaw. Anybody can do that. I want to challenge you to something greater. And that is to remember the positive things about those people that Christ has allowed into your life. The people that he has led into your life. Now, there's a value in remembering, but when it comes to our thoughts about those that the Lord has put in our lives, there's a greater value, as I said, in remembering positive things about them. It's, it's true of your spouse. If you constantly focus on the things your spouse does that gets on your nerves, then they're going to get on your nerves. If you focus on the things that you love about them and the value that they add to your life, then you'll know love beyond belief. It's true with your fellow church members. Did you know there are no perfect churches? There are no perfect churches because there are no perfect people. This is not a perfect church. It lacks perfect people. It lacks perfect leaders, perfect programs, 
But we're a striving church. We're pressing towards the mark. It's true of those at your workplace. If you focus on the negative aspects and the qualities of the people, you will have a negative attitude towards them. If you focus on the positive attributes, then your attitude will correspond towards them in that manner as well. The fact that Paul doesn't mention their flaws is certainly no indicator that they had none. You understand that, right? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. He just refused to dwell on them. Were there gossips among the people at Philippi? Probably. Were there troublemakers? Sure there were. Paul thought about those who who were faithful, those who had caring hearts, and, and many who had given sacrificially of their time, their resources, and their talent. Paul remembers these things about those that God has placed in his life at Philippi, and that begs the question, what do you think about when you think about those that the Lord has placed in your life? Is it about all the imperfections? Is it about how badly they get on your nerves? Or is it about how great of a blessing they've been in your life? Now third and finally is this point. The thing I really appreciate about Paul is that he's not in the reception line at the funeral home when he shares this with them. But he writes to them and he expresses this sentiment to them, which leads us to the third point that there is value in expressing appreciation to those we love. Paul wasn't just thankful for them, he told them that he was thankful for them. He shared that with them. You know, what good is appreciation? If it's never expressed. What good is appreciation if it's never expressed? Perhaps today as you leave this place, there are maybe some phone calls that you need to make. Maybe there's some cards and letters that you might want to send just to express to some people that have had a profound effect in your life and say, you know what, you probably don't know this. But as I've watched your life and your witness, it has meant so much to me. It's encouraged me in so many ways. As I've watched the way that you've moved through and handled the situations and circumstances of life, it's been a tremendous blessing to me. You know, I, I keep, um, at this point, it's, it's, a, it's a good number of them now at this point. Sometimes I get letters and emails and things that I promptly delete. And if you ever send me a letter with no signature on it, it promptly goes to the shredder and I never do read it. But I have several large Envelopes, those, those big brown boys. And it's filled with cards. And it's filled with little letters. It's my sunshine bag. So over the years that people have taken just 30 seconds 
maybe not even that long, to just write a little line and say, Pastor, I appreciate your ministry. That message this Sunday meant so much to me. It was such an encouragement. I keep those. I keep those. I'm soon going to have to rent some storage. (laughs) But I, I hang on to those because they're valuable to me. Because there is a value in expressing appreciation to those we love, to those that we care about. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.